welcome to Anyki Podcast. Um, this is the first episode for New Year. Um, there will be two guests on this new podcast and blog who will discuss with us about going back to childhood. Um, we will talk more about anything related to this topic. So firstly, please introduce a little bit about yourself. Uh, okay, I'll start. <laughs> My name is Alyssa. Um, from Mrs. Means, as y'all said before. Um, I'm 16. Um, I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah, I like to write. Uh, there's not really much to talk about myself, but I find myself really intrigued in societal issues. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it for me. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm Asalia from Mrs. Nisi, y'all know this. I'm from Jamaica, I'm 16 as well. I like to edit, create stuff. I'm really into being an adventurous person. If you know me, I'm all about traveling and those things. So, uh, yeah, and I'm pretty excited for this episode. I really want to get in and know about y'all's childhood and, you know, and yeah, that's it for me. So, the first question is, what motivated you to do podcasting? Okay, so I think really it was just a thing that pops up to us. Like, me and Athalia were just like on a meet one day and we were like, we should start a podcast. And then we were like, hmm, at first, but then we were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> we were just like, yeah, sure, we should really start one i guess because a lot of persons around us were really podcasting well it's mostly youtube but because we really didn't want to show our faces much we said okay podcasting is better uh, but i guess because of the stuff that happens around us we just kind of wanted to just speak out on it right Atalia? <laughs> i'm not just saying anything on my part right mm, yeah you're absolutely right i feel like after you know we created this and all like what really happened after finding the true essence is that we really wanted to do it more than ever was to like inspire plus the name mrs muse as well as you know reach out to teens out there who feel like they're alone to make them know that you're not alone and you know we all got this and we all go through problems and yeah. <laughs> personally we kind of like to talk so <laughs> yeah we talk too much <laughs> oh, sounds great and um, for you What is the meaning of childhood? Alright, childhood. I mean, dictionary saying it's a state of being a child, but <laughs> um, childhood, childhood, childhood. Uh, I don't know. For me, like if I was to say my definition, it's the state of being a child, enjoying life, and not really seeing the world as it is, like the harsh reality. Yeah. And so, could you tell us about your childhood journey? Which things did you often do? Okay, <laughs> my childhood journey. As a child, I love dancing. So I feel like, especially when you come from the Caribbean, is you play a lot of games. We we did hand games, all sorts of stuff. Um, like one of my favorite ones is like bullying a pin. Uh, that one was like one of my favorite ones. That like, there's so many different games to play when you're at school. So I feel like I'm not too bad school when you're at home and you have your friends. So my childhood growing up was really mostly playing games with my friends because I feel like that's literally every typical childhood. 
uh, a lot from playing games and doing schoolwork is literally just me growing up, to be very honest. Oh, yeah, definitely playing games like going to school in the Caribbean where you have like the primary school setting. Every lunchtime, every big time, it's a hiding game or something or running up and down. But for me, not really childhood, let's say with family, I grew up with boys. So I had to be like kind of tough because if them push me over, let's just say that's not going to end nice. So I had to be tough. And that was really it for me growing up with boys, playing football, all those stuff, or dollies with my little cousin. And yeah, that was it. Um. Uh, I see that there's something different between our childhood and your childhood as uh, in Vietnam we are playing some called traditional game so we w- uh, I want to introduce a little bit about it to you guys so, uh, so Queen can you please share your screen Uh, how do you think about it? It kind of looks like bullying a pen to me, as in like where you guys are holding hands. And I'm thinking there's a child running out. I'm not even sure. You have to describe it for me to really see. <laughs> is, it, is it like I see a child outside and I see a child inside? So is it that like a cat chasing a mouse or something? Uh, I'm not sure because I see the name yeah. Cat and Mouse. Yeah, and Cat chasing a mouse, so like the one inside is coming out to chase the mouse. I'm not sure. Um, you guys have guessed something too. Um, this is called Cat and Mouse. Like, um, when someone counts from one, two, three, the mouse uh, is that another girl outside the circle will run and the camera chase after it. So, the cat wins the game when the mouse is captured. And, and um, although uh, this game has been here for a long time, uh, this traditional game has uh, been uh, being played with time to time. And it's also still popular there for many children. That seems fun. Yeah, it does, it does, it does. Uh, another game is that Queen, can you please share? So, how do you think about that? Okay, uh, the children are holding on to each other's shirts. Is that like a dragon thing for me now? Uh, and the dragon is going for the snake? I'm not sure how yeah, to interpret it. <laughs> like the line of children are going towards that one line. I mean that one child is free from the line. Yeah. yeah. And uh, do you hear this name before? Or is it new? Yeah, it's new to me, to be very honest. Um, yeah, um, this is Dragon and Snake. Um, 
is one of several famous Vietnamese traditional games that attract every child in the country. Whenever having free time, they often play it to have fun, which express a part of Vietnam traditional and custom. There are two players in this game, including a doctor and a long uh, dragon with a torch. The long dragon includes more than five people. The doctor flies to catch the, the children who represents the dragon tongue. Uh, the head of the dragon stretches his arms to prevent the doctor from fighting his tongue while, while the tail tries to hide and form a circle. This is a brief uh, introduction. Yeah, that, that literally summarizes the whole game. <laughs> On screen, interesting. I mean, we could probably incorporate it in our culture, you know, have two cultures there. And another game is Sleep. So, uh, so give me your feeling uh, first, actually, in this picture. I don't know, this reminds me of that game on iMessage. Like, there's this game on iMessage, I don't, I'm not remembering the name. And they put the thing in there. Yeah, like some counter things. Uh, I'm not sure what how you play this one, but it's kind of giving me the same vibe as that one. I'm just like not remembering the name right now. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to look for it. Okay, it's called Mancala. It's similar to, is it similar to Mancala? Uh, can you talk about this game? This is the first time I heard about that. Okay, so I really don't know much about it. I was experimenting one day on my phone with Natalia, and there was this game that they introduced to us called Mancala. So it's like you have, like, it's almost in a setting like that where you have different squares and you have different, like, beads. I'm not sure how you count it or counters or whatever it is. And you go around, and I think you have. Like one set have a set, one set have like whatever amounts, and another set have, and it goes around. I don't even know how it goes, but yeah, I was experimenting. <laughs> yeah, Samson, Samson, uh, familiar with this. Um, like the player will take uh, on the pebbles, or we may call the stone um, inside a square which is next to an empty square as captives um, um, so we will play this uh, turn uh, return by return to each other and when uh, if all five squares of one player are blank empty so that this person must place one captive pebble per square to continue playing the game ends when there are no mandarins on the board. The winner is the one that has more captives. That's all. Oh, well, that seems cool. Like, I'm just not used to any of these games. <laughs> yeah, um, Maybe 
now it's uh, difficult to understand more <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so the last game is Queen. Uh, can you please share? Bamajak's John. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, all I can see is that it's called Bamboo Jacks Choi Chien. Uh, not sure what's happening here. I'm guessing they're throwing a ball into the air. Mm. Oh, I've just seen the ball into the middle. <laughs> like, what? Uh, I really don't know what's happening. And I see, is that the thing? Whatever. Yeah, on the floor, yeah. And I don't even think that's a stick on. I don't even know. Um, yeah, I really don't know what's happening here. <laughs> uh, this is the most favorite game that I loved when I was a child. Uh, starting with on the chopstick on the ground, throw the ball upward, pick up a chopstick with one hand, and catch the ball with the same hand. Continue until you have hit on the chopstick on the ground and if a player has are not um, with or if her eyes are not sharp or if she fails to coordinate the two she will lose her turn then the turn will pass to the next girl uh, well i kind of what does that remind me of um with the jacks on the floor and the what's it called you remember no, no, not the rope. You know those jacks? Like, you have the jacks that you normally... Yes. Yeah, yeah, those. And what was it? Like, a circle... There was a ball that came with it. There was a ball that came with it. You don't remember it? You don't remember it? Oh, my gosh, Natalia, no. <laughs> but, like, there was some... I don't remember how it's played, but it had something similar to that. But it's not the full exact thing, but something really similar to it. So when you grow up, what is the biggest lesson from your childhood? Uh, my biggest lesson was that not all my friends that were there are going to always be there. So that's one of my, like, my biggest lessons. As you grow, you're going like, to make new friends and you're going to lose a few. So yeah, that's my lesson. Uh, I feel like growing up, um, my parents and parents, like every single relative that I had, they were like, don't be selfish but not too like self-centered like i mean don't be selfish but be selfless but not as in to the point where you're too self-centered to not think about others and only you all the time i feel like that's what they really taught me growing up or to be kind to even people who has hurt you like it's all unkindness and hope really amazing and do you have some different 
between childhood and growing up? You know, there's none coming to me right now. There's really none coming to me. Hold on. Let me think about that one. I thought you have any. I'm here thinking. I'm here trying to register the question. And I'm like, all right, repeat the question one more time. Uh, we can move to the next question and then come back with it, okay? Um, when you were a child, what did you want to be? What did you want to grow up to be? Uh, I was very indecisive. I, my career was changing 24-7. At one point, I wanted to be a teacher and then at the next point, I wanted to be a doctor. So it was always changing as a child. But those were the two main ones, a teacher and a doctor. Boy, you just list my occupations right there. I was going to say teacher, I was going to say doctor, then I was going to go into dance, single model. Like, I really wanted to be so much. And I feel like I still want to, like, be so much in this world. I'm like, all right, we're going to try something and see how that works. Oh, you know, when I was a child, I really wanted to be a singer or actor. Now, but now I want to something related to business, economics, and I think that is my silly job when I was a child. Um, next is, uh, do you remember anything about your personality when a child? I think I was really, you know, I'm not, okay, it's not bad that I'm going to say this, because I was kind of sly when I was a child, I swear, like, the persons around me would think that I'm a very innocent child, like, they would be like, oh, she's so adorable, she looks like she behaves herself, but you see, when they're not looking, I kind of just, <laughs> I was a very sly child, <laughs> that's what I can't remember. But yeah, and it, it never occurred to me until like someone said it to me and it was like my third grade teacher or it was my fourth grade teacher. She was like, you're very sly. But, and that's when I realized it, you know, but yeah, that's really how I was a, as a child. I was very sly. I was always acting innocent or showing innocence. Yeah. Whatever, Athalia, this girl coming in. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. All right, for me, um, I'm a very adventurous person. Still, I was, um, uh, I found that I was curious. Like, I wanted to know stuff for myself. And yeah, I think that really, that was really it for me. And should I say, I had a lot of courage back then because at that time, as I said, I lived with boys. So I have to be brave and have enough courage to do what they do. So that's really what I developed as a child. Yeah, amazing. Um, you had some different personality when a child. Um, so, I, I think that uh, there will be a question that the first memory you have go to school. So, 
you can describe the first memory that and for me uh, when i first went to school i was crying too much scared of everything i wanted to live with my parents and not want to go uh, not want to go to school uh, every day same, so, same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> like with me i remember my first day at school my mom literally bribed me into staying because i really like to eat so i remember my first day and my mom was like oh i'm leaving now and i'm like i started crying i was like crying and the teacher was like she's coming back she's coming back and then like lunchtime like my mom had to stay until it was lunchtime because i was so i was crying so much so she had to stay until it was lunchtime and when i went in the line to get my food like the other children and i came back she wasn't there so that was my first memory as a child because she left me at school oh, but uh that's real rough i wish my parents did that like they stayed with me until lunch i think really i can't remember because it was really bad but i think they just probably left and said i right, you got this move <laughs> Uh, sound funny, right? Like we are a family, and we living with parents, and when going to school, we have um, missed them so much. Um, the next question is, uh, what were some embarrassing situations when you were a child? Okay, at this point, I think everyone knows this one. I thought you probably know where I'm heading to. Okay, so I was—I don't know—I don't remember which age I was, but I was at this hotel, and my baby, my younger sister, was with me, and she saw the fountain, and she was running towards the fountain, and I had to run after her, and I stopped her. And she kept running, and I tripped, and I fell in front of everyone at the hotel, and I was so embarrassed because like everyone was there, and I really wanted to cry. And guess what? We didn't even have a room, so we had to like get the key and everything. It's not like I could just get up and say, "Let me go in my room." So I had to wait in the the lobby until my mom got the key and my baby sister. She wasn't even aware of anything that happened. Like the embarrassment was real. Oh, I was really embarrassed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I think mine is worse than yours, and it's quite embarrassing. But I don't think anybody really got to know unless they were close to me. I was my family. All right, so let me just get into it. Don't laugh. Don't blame me and laugh. But when I was younger, we were traveling. We we're sick in the airplane, and I saw that there was no bathroom in the airplane. So you know what I did? <laughs> I kind of like took a woof in the sea, and ain't nobody know. And like only my aunt kind of sighed and grew at the same time. But yeah, that was way back. I was like extremely young, and now looking back at it, it's kind of sad because like yeah. So that was really quite embarrassing. It is embarrassing right now. Can't laugh because it's not funny, but. Hey. <laughs> Oh, sounds funny, and now I have known some secrets about your childhood. 
And the next question is, um, as a child, what is your subject that you most hate? How do you get motivation to study it? Could you repeat that? Uh, I did not hear anything you said. Okay. I I heard something about most hate, but I didn't hear what subject. you. Oh, subject, the subject I most hated, and what and what what motivated motivated me yeah, to continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanna go first? <laughs> uh, for me, I don't really think I hated that subject when I was like a child, like way back but now as a teen going in high school I mean high school I probably hate all my subjects which are student because my parents yeah shit <laughs> not all of them but I just say some of them for the bright side I hated social studies like like social studies was just that subject I hated and the only reason like there is nothing that motiv- motivated me well no I didn't want to fail. That's what motiv- motivated me to continue. I didn't want to fail, so I had to study for it. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, amazing. And for me, uh, when I was a child, I actually didn't like to study history. Uh, history has too much information for me to digest and remember. So it's hard, really. And the next question is um, childhood memories are an extremely powerful influence on each person's life in one way or another way that very childhood will drive our lives in ways that we did not expect. What do you think about that? Okay, alright, so um, childhood, I feel like depending on your childhood, it really does impact your future, like how you are now. So let's say that you grew up in like, let's say a toxic household, like you growing up now and becoming this adult, it's kind of hard for you to really like like goodness and happiness and stuff when all you used to see in a home is like hey like there's shouting there's there's so much things going on and confusion and it really just shows that depending on your surrounding your like future like going on like how life goes for you in a way yeah I can agree with what you're saying like really how we are right now was derived from our childhood memories and I feel like that's gonna always be with us even though it's because what I realize is that most of the time no some of the times persons are like childhood memories are childish and it doesn't really tell you who you are it's mostly like when you're a teenager but I feel like if you're in the teenager phase it's based off what happened in the childhood and if it's based off what happened in the childhood when you're adults and you're based it off teenage years it's also based off childhood like childhood memories so i feel like it really does connect to you to how you are as a person because no matter what situation or environment you're in 
your childhood memories will stick with you for life unless well you know you have amnesia and you forget but um, but yeah but your childhood memories are always going to be there and it's 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 going to define you or it's it's how you make it define you i should say yeah yeah that's true agree with you um so family the source of everyone what mistake did you use to make with your family and how you can fix that one mistake i make with my family is like i don't really tell them about me i don't tell them like you know i'm more of the person that keeps stuff to myself so i feel like with my family we don't really have a good relationship because it's hard for me to really reach out to somebody and i don't talk about myself so i feel like i don't have a family good family relationship how i can fix that it's going to be extremely hard for me to fix that because i'm not going to become such an outgoing person so easily so I guess I could fix it by step by step coming out about myself but uh other from that I don't know how I would fix it. Yeah, but you know, it's going to it's going to take time for you to like you know fix that. Uh for me though, um when I was a child, it's kind of bad to say, but I used to wish that I have like I had a different family. I don't know probably it was because of what was going on around me that I wish you know I had a different family and parents or siblings but no looking back on it I wish that I would have been more grateful as to who I am now to the people that surround me um do you think that um we should tie some our inner feelings um from my parents. Oof, that's a big one. I feel like parents not going to be always to under, not going to always be able to understand. They always say the phrase that we were teenagers too, but teenagers have their own different mix of problems and I feel like uh some of them will say that they're going to understand but truly and honestly <laughs> It is not going to have that type of thing. There are some persons that are really strong enough to tell their parents what's happening, but it's really hard to speak to your parents when you're from like different environments. Like yeah, environments are a big factor towards it. Basically, the environment that you grew up in is it a household where you can easily speak about your feelings, or is it a household where you have to keep yourself like, you know, keep yourself to be a certain. standard like okay nothing is wrong with me i have everything i'm fine there's nothing wrong with me so it's really based on the environment and your group that you're grown in to really tell your parents what what and what happens to you 